Good morning. We're continuing in the book of Shofetim. In the now we begin the sixteenth chapter because we finished the fifteenth chapter yesterday. However, I want to review the fifteenth chapter because I have a number of questions that I don't have answers to. So I'm hoping that someone may be kind enough to send me an email and explain it to me. The chapter opens with the Pilishtim gathering against Bnei Israel in Lehi. Actually, it it it. it uh, it opens with the, the fox story, okay? But, but, let, but the, the next segment of the chapter begins with the Pelishim gathering against Yehuda and Lehi. <coughs> in the meantime, Shimshon is in Seif Sela Etam. He's in a place called Seif Sela Etam. The Pelishim tell the people of Yehuda that, that we want Shimshon because he's causing havoc. And Yehuda goes to Shimshon and they say, we need to give you over to them. And he says, okay, just don't touch me, don't kill me. Which was good because we said that shows that he has a national identity, fine. They bind, he says, you bind me in, in new cords. So they bind him. He tells him. them or they do it? No, you're right, they do it. He didn't tell them anything. And they, and they bound him with two cords that were new And they brought him from Seif Selaitam That place that he was okay, So they bound him with two cords that were new He comes to Lehi and the Pilishim start shouting at him And those new cords that the people of Yudad bound him with They melted away from his hands He found the jawbone of a donkey And he strikes a thousand Pilishim with that jawbone and then he says, I struck them with the, I made piles of them with the jawbone, with the, that was a nice play on words we had. All of a sudden, Shimshon gets very thirsty. And he goes to Hashem and he says, you've given me this great salvation and now I'm going to die in thirst. So God opened up the, the side of the jawbone or a, a nearby rock and he drank from it. And that's why the place was called... Um, the spring of he who called out who was Shimshon that was in Lehi and that's what it's called to this day and he ruled over Israel for 20 years he judged Israel for 20 years my question is twofold this seems to be the first instance of him getting tied up by ropes what's the significance of it because we're going to see it a lot in the chapter we're up to what does it mean? There's, there's deeper symbolism to all of these details in the story. The rope thing. Why is, why is Shimshon always the man being bound by ropes? And it, he's always tearing off those ropes that he's being bound, bound by. And then the other thing is, it's a peculiar story that he killed these Pilishim with the jawbone and he becomes very thirsty. Okay, if you praise Hashem, don't let me die. What does that mean? What does his thirst represent? Is there any deeper symbolism there? I don't know about symbolism, but I find it very weird that he's in it, like direct dialogue with God. We're no, it, at it. no it's not dialogue, just prayer. But it's... It, God doesn't really talk to people. He didn't talk to him. I know, but that's, that's how dialogue happens. After they passed, I think, the Jordan, it was said that the presence of God is now slowly yeah. changing. 
But it's one of the themes of Yeshua. Open, an open miracle, if you want to call it, or a proof of God happens to him. God doesn't have to respond. Why, like, why? Okay, doesn't have to resp- okay so that's another question. Why does so God respond a, to his prayer? Yeah, there's an open miracle to a guy who's more or less wild. Maybe that's so. Mike, Mikey, Mikey has been trying to say that he's a tzaddik the whole time. Maybe he's just, he's, be, he's better than we think. That's, that's. Or maybe he serves a purpose, and God wants to keep him in play. Yeah, but he's bad, but he he serves a purpose. Fishy. So the the being bound by ropes, I have an idea, but I'm going to save it for the end when we finish the story entirely. When we analyze his character and what he means and what he represents, because the beauty of these stories is that. These are stories that have deep meaning. The that, thing, isn't it because he's bound to the laws of Nazirut? Yeah, I think so. I think it's an element of that. But I want to explore it more. When we, when we kind of get the entire arc of his picture, of his story, mm-hmm. and we see the full picture, then we can analyze it a little bit more. As per the why, we know the story about him getting thirsty. I know this is, sounds ridiculous, but it, it could be that this was a very famous place. The, that was called Ein HaKore that the Jews knew about in the times of Shemuel and Shemuel was trying to give them the backstory of meaning by the way you know the place called Ein HaKore that's in Lehi there's a backstory there that, that, that great man Shimshon that you that you know that lived before me that judged before me he was once in battle and he got very thirsty and then he called out Hashem and Hashem answered his prayers and that's why it was called meaning it's not as much relevant to teach us something independently Rather, it's coming to teach us why this place got the name it got. Because I don't see how it fits into the story. Okay, he got thirsty. Does his thirst represent anything? No, it's the fact that God came and brought him water that represents that. So maybe it's just trying to tell us that don't think that Shimshon is such a bad guy. God is with him and God is providing him. All right, so that's our review of chapter 15. Let's go to chapter 16. Shimshon Azata. Shimshon goes to Azah, and he sees there a harlot. And he comes to her. Now let's read the Pasuk carefully again. Shimshon Azata. And he saw there a uh, thing. Uh, <laughs> and he and he saw there a woman, and he came upon her. With his wife, he saw her. Yeah, he saw her. Seems to be uh, Shimshon's problem. He sees a lot. The, the, he sees the and he wants. And the darkness in him can't hold. Yeah. Him. By the way, if anybody's listening to this, didn't hear the class I gave on Sunday about the the detriment of of sight of eyesight and with the Torah's opinion on eyesight. It's the last ten minutes of the Sunday class. It's called the difference between seeing seeing and hearing. I highly recommend it because it could shed some light on the problem with Shimshon. Pasuk Bet. So he's there, he sees this woman and he comes and he's with her. Now while he's in Azah, while he's in Gaza, it was told to the Azatim, to the people from Azah, seeing that Shimshon has come. So they all gathered and they made ambush around him, around the, that the entrance to the city. Uh, around where he was probably with that woman. 
and they whisper to one another all evening, saying, in the morning, we'll we're going to kill him. When he comes out from the house of the harlot, we're going to get him. Pasuk 3, Vayishkav, Shimshon al Shimshon sleeps until midnight. Vayakom laila, in the middle of the night, he gets up, Vayechoz bidaltot shara'ir, and he goes triumphantly, he gets the, gets the doors of the city, Mezuzot, and the, he takes also the two mezuzot, um, the two uh, doorposts. And he just uprooted them and just carried them out. <coughs> Meaning, you know, that was probably part of the plan to ambush him when you get to lock him in the city and wait till the morning. So these people are probably sleeping. They're waiting for him to get up in the morning. He's locked in. So even if he wakes up in, in the middle of the night, nothing's going to happen. But he wakes up in the middle of the night and he just... The door is locked. He just rips the door out of its out of its place, and he carries the door with him. So by saying Maria, by he puts the door on his shoulders. el and he takes them all the way to the mountain that's by Chevron. So you know the distance from Azat to Chevron. This is a pretty it's pretty intense feat. It's very far. An hour and a half drive today. More of two hour drive today. I don't know. Yeah, a drive. You go from Beit Shemesh to Shalom. Yeah. It could be, by the way, that the mountain is Alpine Hebron, meaning just the mountain that has a view of Hebron. So it could be a lot further west than what we're describing. Maybe. It still is now a mountain. Yeah, now it's a mountain with a door on his back. Okay, very interesting. What's the point of this story? This, this is the, his main decline. No, no, the, not the one that's coming. The one that we just read. Okay, he goes and he visits a harlot in Azza. Who's telling him that this is happening? How does he know that this ambush is coming? That's what's bothering. It doesn't. Not, it's not exactly clear that he does. So why? There's no reason. He gets up in the middle to... of the night. Oh wow! Looks like Rad- Radan. There's an opinion that says he told the Azza people that he was there, so that they would try to ambush him, and then he could just make a fool out of them. That's crazy. But Wait, so is everyone yeah, agreeing here that Isha Zuna is uh, her later? There's other people that try to say again. It's a uh, I think I think here more I think here there are more of the opinions that say he didn't convert her. Even some of the opinions before that were saying every wife he took was Kodesh Kodashim, the woman here they say was actually a mistake. So I think that's actually the point of it, by the way. I think the point of this story is to show that Shimshon, despite his great feats of military victory, still has this problem where he's going after the temptations of his eyes and he's being with these Pilishti women. Now that's going to get very bad. In this case, it wasn't as bad because it was a harlot. But if he develops a new relationship with one of them, then that can get very bad. Now notice, has he ever had a real relationship with a Pilishti woman? No. The Timna woman he never married. She was given to someone else. And this woman is a harlot. It's not like he's going to open up to her. So when, so when is his downfall going to really come about? When he lets the relationship actually get somewhere. Right? Meaning, as long as he's giving into his temptations without actually building... Why? Because in one case, he's giving into his temptations. In the next case, he's letting them influence him. You know? Yeah. Okay, Pasuk Dalit. Sir, what was the point of the doorpost? I don't know. I don't know what the point of the story is. I think the point of the story was to point out that he went and visited a harlot in, in Azah. I don't know what the point of the doorpost is. I think this is. is him just flexing, like, oh, yeah, it's been quiet. 
Yeah, but why doesn't it need to be included in the story? Samson found the gate locked. Instead of simply breaking it open, he made the greatest demonstration yet of his physical strength by uprooting the enormously yeah. heavy fortification and carrying it a great distance uphill. His intention was to terrify the fish team yet again. But he had let his eyes get better of him. This weakness intensified in the next episode. It cost him God's protection. And I, I think that's the, the point of the story. I think that's a good summary of the story. Okay, it was after this that he found a woman in Nahal Sorek, Ushmahdilla. Do anybody know where Nahal Sorek is? I don't know where it is. Does it say down there? Nahal Sorek? Let's see. Does it, doesn't, it doesn't say Ubuntu 1. So now, Apostle K. Bayalu Elea Sarnefilishtim, Bayomrulah, Patioto, Uriba Mekohogadol. The leaders of the Pelishtim go to her and they say, Seduce him. And try to find out where is the source of his strength. And how will we? How would we be able to overcome him? So that we can tie him up to torture him, or to inflict damage on him. And each one of us will give you one thousand one hundred pieces of silver. So this is now. Does she take it? Does she take the money? It seems like it because the next the next thing we know is that she's trying to seduce him. Also, right now, it says Vayehav. This is the first time it actually says he found love. Right, that's another problem. And last time he saw before it was Vayelev He sees her and he wants her. This time, it's not just letting. He's letting. So, what's the problem with the eyes? When you see something with your eyes, you only see the surface of it. You don't see what's under it, right? So, if you let your eyes control you, if you let your eyes determine what's good. You'll, you'll see a, a supermodel is oh that's good that must be good now second so you get to know the person could be the worst thing in the world right so, so that seems to be Shimshon's problem is that he's so dominated by his eyes by the temptations that, that he sees with his eyes that he's letting a relationship he's falling in love with a Pelishti woman that's right and we know this woman is rotten because she literally tries to she, she takes a bra- the first thing they do in their marriage is she takes a bribe. Okay? Um, and she says to him, please tell me what it, how is, how, why, is your, why are you so strong and how can you be tied up to be inflicted damage upon? Now she's so like explicit with her intentions, no? There's, a, there's something weird, not weird, but different. The last time, the police team tried to get something out of him it was we're gonna burn you down it was always threatening right this is the first time you're actually showing like hey we can do this together we'll pay you we'll we'll put you in a oh you're saying with the woman yeah with the woman they went with the team now they said if you don't tell us we're gonna burn you and, this, it was, and it was constantly like do it or we'll right. kill you do it or we'll kill you this and time I was saying like, no do it and we'll pay you yes they change, their strategy has completely changed. Interesting. That is a good point. They're I don't know adap- what... They're adapting... To Shimshon. Yes. Okay, interesting. If you tie me with seven binds that are wet and that were never dry, I'll become weak and I'll become like a regular man. So the leaders of the Pelishtim brought her seven wet cords that were never dried and she tied him with them. Obviously they weren't there when she tied him. 
Vehaurev Yoshev Lah Bahedel, the ambush was sitting there in the room, Vatomer Elav Pelishim Alecha, and she says to him, The Pelishim are here. Pelishim Alecha Shimshon. Vainatekatan Etayitarim, he cuts the binds, Kaasher Yinatek Petilhan Neoret, just like a strand of flax that was Baharicho Esh, when it becomes singed with fire. Basically, he's able to rip the binds and he did not even need to make his strength known, meaning he didn't even need to exert all of his strength. Okay, so that was round one. Round one, he tells them, tie me with seven cords that are wet and that have never been dried. They try it. The Pelishtim are sitting there in ambush. She says, oh, the Pelishtim are here. And he rips them apart as if they're, they're burnt twigs that are easy to tear. And he didn't even have to use all of his energy. And that is round one. Tomorrow, Bazar Shem will continue round two. Baruch Adonai Lulam. Amen. Amen.